Hello, hello. My name is Devon Taylor, and I am the host of the Spectre Cinema Club podcast, a show where we analyze horror films through their various subgenres. Every month, my co-host Garrett McDowell and I pick a different theme, franchise, or spooky topic to break down a handful of films, figuring out the subgenre elements that make them unique. Think of the conversations like a funnel, as horror is so broad yet full of variety that we really want to get specific about. We also provide recommendations for when you're still in the mood for that particular subgenre. New episodes drop every Tuesday on all podcasting platforms. You can find us on social media at Spectre Cinema. Until then will be haunting you. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls... Dying time is here. That's right. We're talking about Michael Jackson's thriller music video. I shit you know. On Kill by Kill. Well, greetings and salutations, Internet. It's your old pal, Patrick Hamilton, coming to you once again from the lovely warehouse district of Los Angeles. This is the Kill by Kill podcast, where we are dedicated to celebrating the least discussed component of any horror film or music video, the characters. And we're going to unpack all the glorious details of 1983's Michael Jackson's thriller music video in the hopes that a Vincent Price rap, (laughs) their death is just the beginning of the jokes we might make at their expense. And as always, there's only one person that I trust to make sure that due to my personal convictions that I wish to stress that this film in no way endorses a belief in the occult, the one, the only, Gina Radcliffe. How are you doing today, Gina? <coughs> Hang on. I'm, oh. I'm just, I'm trying to clear my lungs of the, the funk of 40,000 years. <laughs> it is tough. All right, I'm ready. They don't, what they don't tell you about the funk of 40,000 years is it is definitely funky, but it also, you can't clear it out. Oh like, yeah. And, I, and I've got like, for days uh, after. I've got like, like stink lines coming off of me. Like, like you would not believe. <laughs> so you, you've got a dirty peanut situation. I, I, I am the, the dirty peanut. <laughs> oh my goodness. Gina, uh, this was one of those things I thought was a really funny idea. <laughs> sure. And then as I started watching it, I began to remember all the reasons why it was pretty fucking stupid to suggest, mainly being there are no characters in this outside of Ola Ray, a former Playboy Playmate, and Michael Jackson attempting to be a normal heterosexual man, which probably is not his forte, and zombies. That's it and Vincent Price's disembodied voice. I mean, and also it's just too good. It's too good to, to make fun of. It is too good. I mean, it is. There's no stupidness in terms of its filmmaking to to laugh about necessarily. It, it just it is very well constructed. It's very well edited. It's very well conceived and conceptualized. It is also decidedly odd in terms of its story. I think the story is where things start to break down as they're trying to make a short film and they're using little things to, to kind of clue you into a storyline. None of those things seem to make a, any bit of sense whatsoever. Well, I don't think it's supposed to be a. I don't think there's supposed to be much of a plot to it. So much as you know, you know, this is this is a a this is our tribute to to horror movies. Part of that, of course, is the idea that Michael Jackson had had done this song on the album. It was not meant to be a single, but they go through Billie Jean and beat it, and they're gigantic. And now he's facing competition from. A bunch of other sources, your Cindy Loppers, your Lionel Richies. And he's starting to slip down the charts just a little bit. And he's kind of obsessed with staying at number one because he's really been aiming to have this album be just nothing but smash hit singles. And so he he goes to his record company, Epic 
Records and is like, hey, thing is, I would like to do a giant music video for Thriller. And they're like, the fuck you are, because we're not paying for that. He's like, all it will take is like a million dollars. And they're like, oh, no, no one would on earth would pay a million dollars for a fucking music video. You absolute tool who's earned us multi-million dollars at this point. Yeah, yeah, this just stopped and listen, you you understand that this was a time when people were saying no to Michael Jackson. (laughs) After Billie Jean and Beat It, he has essentially broken the race barrier on MTV, something that he had just locked out black people from ever appearing on their airwaves. And Michael Jackson essentially makes music videos so undeniable and hit songs so undeniable. They're like, I guess we allow a black person on the air shrug. Just, just one, one per hour. Just this one guy though. And he's like, hold on. (laughs) I might get a few more people through. Um, And Epic Rick is like, fuck this. Here's what we'll do. All right. We're not paying for another music video of yours beyond this. We'll give you a hundred grand. Anything beyond that you raise on your own. So Michael Jackson's like personal producer goes, I've got a play. And he, he goes out and he gets a uh, unconvicted manslaughter enthusiast, John Landis on board as the, director. The same year that, 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 that the Twilight Zone disaster happened. Same year. In fact, in the making of video that we'll discuss a little bit later, you can see various people wearing Twilight Zone t-shirts as if, that is a good thing to have on your body. <laughs> well, at the time, it might have been. I, there were still three bodies in the ground because Landis was so high on cocaine, he didn't care what was happening in the middle of the night. But okay, so he gets his, his manager and George Folsey Jr., which is Landis's manager, they come up with a plan. And basically, Viacom at the time is comprised of a bunch of different things, including MTV and Showtime, right? And so they sell the television networks, the rights to not only Thriller for a window, but the behind the scenes video that precedes it. That's like basically makes it an hour of programming. And they're like, great. So they pay like over a half a million dollars each between the two of them. Then but they only have the TV rights because then they go to Vestron, the the VHS uh, company, and they go, we're going to sell you the VHS rights to this. And they're like, great. <laughs> Super, here's half a million dollars up front. And the concept there was they weren't just going to sell it as a rental tape. They were going to sell it as a sell-through tape, which had not really been done on to something of this level. And that is where they made an insane amount of money. Well, here's the thing. When you when you say like, oh, they sold the TV rights and all, that's what I'm gonna, I'm gonna put on my old person hat now mm-hmm. and explain to the Utes <laughs> that sure. uh you know, nowadays it's it's entirely possible that a, a huge pop culture juggernaut could be could exist and you would not you you could not know the single the, the you, one single thing about it right uh yeah. like okay like i i understand and accept that taylor swift is our biggest pop star right now mm-hmm. but i there's no since there's no radio exposure anymore I know I could probably rattle off the title of maybe three of her songs off the top of my head. Now, again, that's not a, you know, you know, oh, I, I am specifically not interested in Taylor Swift. I just, you know, don't travel in the channels where I, I have to seek her out. Right. And I have and not. As opposed I, to the monoculture we grew up in. Right. Was, Whereas. Shit was unavoidable. Thriller was inescapable. Yeah. Our parents knew about it. All of your classmates knew about it. It, it you know, crossed over generations because it was running on MTV literally once an hour. Yeah. And then and then it was it was airing on regular television, like beyond like Friday night videos and the stuff that you know the kids who did not have access to MTV at the time were watching. So it everybody knew about that. It was saturated. And in terms of its sell-through as a videotape, 
for a very long period of time, the VHS rentals were set up in a, in a rental market, which you, a, a, a store would pay a premium somewhere around 70 to $80 for each individual VHS tape, and then would make money back by renting it out. So you're, you're paying more up front, but you're keeping it for the longevity of that VHS tape. You know, an item which we we both know is impervious to any sort of damage due to heat or maltreatment. It was gold forever. And when you loaned it out to a bunch of fucking people, they treated it like it was fine china. They, <laughs> they never disrupted it. Of course. <laughs> but uh, so at that price point, you could not, I wanted to own a copy eventually of Better Off Dead from 1985, but could not afford the $90 it would oh, cost yeah, to actually yeah. buy it. It's when you look at like, you know, old magazines and you see like a movie like, uh, I, I don't know, like like some obscu- relatively obscure 80s comedy like Hamburger the Motion Picture or something. <laughs> You're right. Where, you know, oh, it, you know, great low price of $89.99. Mm-hmm. They could sell it at supermarkets. They could sell it outside of record stores. They could sell it anywhere that would just put up a standee or make it available. And when I say they made money off of this, an ungodly amount of money off of this. Yeah, getting on board with this was the best decision uh, John Landis could have made, second to whatever lawyer he got to 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 get him off of these uh, manslaughter charges for Twilight Zone. Right. Um, it's... <laughs> It's kind of crazy. Um, now, uh, the song itself never meant to be singles. We said because it's like uh, six. It's like six minutes long, right? And gen- generally, really you know, they. I mean, I think there. I think that there was a cut down radio edit, but the 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 album track is over six minutes long. Yeah. Would do you know the original title of Thriller? I don't. Starlight. Of course. The the original lyric was "Give me some starlight, starlight, sun," and you're like, mm. "No, that's the first draft." Yeah, that's a that's how you you ball that up. You throw it in the trash can, Michael. Yeah, <laughs> and but I, I urge everyone, everyone on the face of the planet, to look up Rod Temperton. Um, Temperton was an English songwriter. He had he uh, was a, a a studio musician. He had so many fucking hits under his various uh, bands that he played with. I don't know why that was so hard for me to, to come up with, but like boogie nights, bum, 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 bum. He wrote that. Give me the night by George fucking Benson. He co-wrote. So like, that's one of my favorite songs of all time. But you got to look at a picture of this guy. You have to see his face and understand at one point he was allowed to be a music star because that should not be possible. He's got a face only a grandmother would love because they they were looking in a mirror. Wow. Google right now, Rod Temperton. And one of the first pictures that will come up is like a promo picture of his band Heatwave, and you're gonna go, oh my god, you're gonna put that on stage? Um, it's not okay, Gina. <laughs> we don't like to make fun of people's looks, but he has a face with a backward F for face. I, I, I mean, honestly, this this the you know, heat the Heatwave is not a band of lookers. No. That is why, you know, they kind of, you know, eventually taper into that bunch of, uh, that's why he becomes like a studio musician guy. He, he like works magic behind the scenes um, and does a lot of disco, uh, but also does a, eventually ends up doing yacht rock stuff like Give Me the Night. So he's, he's all over the place, but ooh, uh, Heat Wave, good band. Um Interesting stuff. Uh, good musician. A weird looking guy. Um, but like the other people on that that song are like fucking insane geniuses. The bass is off of off of a, you know a synthesizer. You've you've got 
them doing these weird Rhodes piano tricks. You've got these great studio musicians doing guitar licks all over the place. And they went to Universal Studios to like make the, the door slams and all the creaking noises in it. Uh, it's got all this effect to it. And of course, then you have Vincent fucking Price doing as the as the the end credits tell you, a rap. A rap. <laughs> rap. And he's not really rapping. No. No, he is not really rapping. I mean, they, they um, technically what he is saying does rhyme, but right. but he is speaking much too slowly for it to be considered a rap. Yeah, um, but like when Vincent Price says y'all's neighborhood, that's something that should be racist, but doesn't come off that way. You know what I mean? I think he just read it exactly as it was written on the paper. But he's he's putting some English on it. And I and I again, it's something that should be racist, but does not come off that way. Um, I also have this thing that I had always wanted to pitch bill Hader, if i ever got to write on snl while he's there because he has a very good vincent price that he go on to do other vincent price uh, rap features for other songs like if he did a rap feature for jenny from the block like <laughs> just he's that drop-in rapper on these songs and he could have had a huge career if only he had lived just a little bit longer okay so are we ready, I guess, to talk about the actual music video for Thriller now that we've set everything up? I'm ready. Okay. Let's go to Griffith Park. By the looks of it. I don't really know where this is, but to me, this looks fucking Griffith Park. Now, I would love to take credit for a lot of what I'm going to talk about up front, but I have to give credit to Roy Wood Jr., who should be hosting The Daily Show, but Comedy Central, a.k.a. Viacom, fucked that up. So how how the fuck you don't secure Roy Wood Jr. at the height of his career right now? I don't really know, but I, I hope he goes on to bigger and better things. But he tweeted out a run, I'd say, five or six years ago about the opening of this, and I, I, do, I do think it says a lot. Because Michael here in this 50s, 60s, teenage werewolf section of the video, has asked out a young woman on a date, but he's not filled his car with gas. And my question to you, Gina, is why would you ever fuck this guy? He is not trustworthy. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's a, that's a, uh, a, that is a, uh, an elaborate way to, to, to get stuck alone with her. It really is, and I get the feeling he wouldn't have to make up the excuse, but it does show you a certain lack of planning. He was not he was not in the Boy Scouts. No. The the Boy Scouts have nothing to do with this. He says, Oh, we're out of gas, and she gives him a look like the fuck you talking about? And then smash cut to them walking along the ground. <laughs> Cause uh, by the looks of it, Ola Ray is not falling for this. But yeah, they are walking. I do have to point out, Michael Jackson is still wearing white socks with penny loafers here in jeans. Oh yeah, they, they, say, they, this, this is supposed to is supposed to be evocative of the fifties, but they honestly look like they're dressed up like they're dressed up like like grease characters for a Halloween party. Yes. She's got like a literal poodle skirt on, and, yeah, and yeah. he's got the Letterman's jacket, and she goes. I'm sorry I didn't believe you. Like, what the fuck are you apologizing for? Like, you're not the one who, uh, you know, went out on this date on a thimble full of gas. <laughs> you're walking in the middle of nowhere in the middle of the night because Mike couldn't be bothered to fill up the tank back when a gallon of gas cost like a nickel and a fucking dime put together. Like, the only thing more plentiful than cheap gas at this time was lead poisoning. <laughs> um, it is at this point where he turns to her and says, I have, I, I, I have something I want to tell you. And the next words you think you're going to hear is, will you be my beard in public? But no, 
He says, will you go out with me? And he gives her a ring, a ring that appears to be way bigger than either of their fingers. Like maybe his pirate dad owned this ring. It's gigantic. I don't know where it came from. It doesn't look like a school ring. He shouldn't have a school ring. He has not graduated school yet. Just just pried it off a corpse's finger. (laughs) They are littered about. So that is saying something. And then he says, I'm not like the other guys. Which let me and tell you, when I was about like, I, I would have been like 10 when, when, when this came out, boy, uh-huh. did that get a big laugh. <laughs> like, yeah. we're like, we're like, yeah, we know. And I have, I have to believe deep down, Michael Jackson is in on this joke. Like he, he understands how that's going to be interpreted and he is okay with it because You know, while it looks like he's saying I'm not like the other guys, wink, wink. But it also, when he starts to cramp over, you think you have IBS. What what's happening here? (laughs) But no, yeah, he does do he he does do a little bit of an ooh, (laughs) like (laughs) like like like, you know he did just get hit with a massive stomach cramp, (laughs) and he crumbles to the ground, and this is. This is where you also can tell maybe this isn't the guy that you trust to go out with long-term because he's run out of gas. And to tell you how forgetful he is, he's mere moments from turning into a werewolf or a a were-cat. Fuck if I know. It's supposed to be a werewolf. It looks like a were-cat. But that, that, it's the full moon. This literally happens every month, Gina. Yeah, this is just just poor planning after poor planning. And it's like, you know, the the question is, 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 did he bring her out here and go through all this with the intent of eating her? You have to wonder. Like, if you really liked this girl, why do you need to eat her? And and does he he have a shoebox full of rings in his house? (laughs) Right. Has he picked them up out of some, some penny candy machine? That he's just giving random girls all over the Southland on on midnights because he's like, I'd I I I want a guaranteed meal. Is that the plan? He's just he's just working through the senior class because it's not like oh well you know you can always know a full moon because your phone always tells you now a farmer's almanac existed in 1983 and in 1963 for also, that I think fucking the, also matter. I think the newspaper also <laughs> like publishes what what state the moon is going to be in so like it's not it's not a hidden fact <laughs> yeah he just sort of like oops forgot I was a werewolf you know ran out of gas oops I'm a werewolf you know the first you can go all right that's bad luck then you turn into werewolf cat. Now I'm beginning to think this is planned. I mean, I don't have to, to, it's not news to anybody that they use both the exact same sound effects and the similar uh, uh, Rick Baker uh, transformation effects as American World in London, because that was also yeah. directed by John Landis. Um, although I, I do think it's funny that that transformation does not go any further than his neck. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, like, like in the, and his hands, he's, the, he's got the, some fingies. That's true. Yeah. And like the, in like the, the, the key transformation scene in American World, he like, he tears his clothes off before it even starts happening. Yeah, like the whole point of that is to transform in front of camera with as little cuts as possible in as bright a light as possible. Yeah, here's a little, it's a little, it's not as like, it's a little restrained, obviously, because they had to be able to play it on television. Doesn't look look quite as cool and convincing as as American Werewolf. I would say- I I did love it. No, no, it's it's still great. And for 83, I would say it was awesome. And also, Mm -hmm. I still think that 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 go away part is still pretty effective. Go away! Yeah, where he hits puberty. Yeah. <laughs> At that very moment. Go away. You brought her here, motherfucker. Like, what is... Did, honestly, did he not know this was going to happen? He does, because he's about to tell her, I'm not like other boys. I turn into a werecat every I think full he was moon. Real, I think Oopsie, he was really... I think, moon? I think he was really, really counting on that cloud cover to stay in place. <laughs> 
he's like the twilight kids who move to the cloudiest place and like and like go to school it, the sun never breaks through when you're in science class like you, you never start glittering in the middle of history i don't know man. i don't know uh, that being said, there are very few transformations on film that lead with the eyebrows that <laughs> go from eyebrows out. But here you go. This one does. Um, and I also don't want to victim blame here, but Ola spends a lot of time during this transformation just screaming in one place instead and, of and, running for her life. And kind of like doing that thing where she puts her hands up to her face. Yes. It, but not touching but near, but it like flames, flames on the side of her face, but she's screaming and not getting away from this. Like, no, I'm not going to leave until I see it all the way through until he gives me one big roar. And then it's time to start hustling. Um, yeah. Like, how much do you need to see before you just get the fuck out of there, Gina? Yeah. Yeah. I think that the, 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 the first go away would have to be like, well, goodbye. All right. You know what? You told me to go away. I'm going. Bye. You're not wrong. Don't go tell me twice. Dude, there's a, a, a cloud in the shape of me behind me. I hope you enjoy <laughs> that one. Cause I have, I have painted a, a tunnel on this rock wall and I have run through it. Uh, I'm running so fast. My shoes are behind me. That's where I'm going. I'm, I am uh, running so fast. There's a comical sound. <laughs> Literally, yakety sax is playing behind <laughs> me. So she tanks off, not along the road, straight into the forest, which is, I'm telling you right now, bears and werecats don't run uphill thinking you're going to outpace it. You run downhill. Or you don't run at all and you project yourself bigger and they get scared of you. I don't really know how werecats work. I'm more of a bear guy. Anyways, um, at one point, <laughs> Michael Werecat um, bursts onto the scene and karate chops a tree. <laughs> and the tree <laughs> snaps in half. Kind of. Yeah, the tree's and, like, <coughs> all right. You're okay, well, all right, do we have a take two on that? No, just one tree. Okay, that works for me. Um, I don't know what that tree did to Michael, but he's dead now, so I guess he fucking deserved it. The other thing is, during this chase, at one point, Michael looks up and howls at the moon. Cats aren't really known for their howling. Well, no. So... I mean, I think he is supposed to be a werewolf, but 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 they've but he, given him like this kind of like long hair and, and the pointy yeah. ears. But he's requested a cat. <laughs> when you see the behind the scenes stuff and they're going through, all right, I did this transformation on acetate over a cover of Rolling Stone. The specific goal is to make him into a crazy werepanther, not a werewolf. But he acts exactly like a fucking werewolf. And I don't quite get that. Anyways, uh, Orla eventually, or, or Ola, not Orla, Ola Ray, former Playboy Playmate, um, loses her footing, falls on a bed of pine needles. Like a Christmas tree has just been defrocked right in front of her and she just falls to the ground. And then Michael Jackson goes, rawr, and we cut to... The uh, interior of the Rialto Theater in South Pasadena. So remember back to Scream 2 when we saw the outside of the Rialto and then the inside was the Egyptian Theater. Now we're seeing the inside of the Rialto and when we see the outside of the movie theater is a completely different place. In the background, we have Forey Ackerman. Um, Forey Ackerman, uh, a big monster uh, kid. A big to he did a movie mo what famous monsters There's famous mon monsters of filmland famous monsters of filmland was yes filmland um that's for Ackerman's joint um and so yeah he's there there's also what appears to be the Buggles front man <laughs> in the movie theater with fucking sunglasses on now. Gina, I should have sent this to you ahead of time, but I'm sending it to you now so you can see for yourself uh, in the messaging app. Here we go. Uh, right there, you can see Forey behind Michael, then Ola Ray. Keep going. 
lady on a date, buggles looking motherfucker with sunglasses on inside a movie theater. <laughs> Gina, what is going on here? It sounds like, you know, a couple of, hey, uh, making a video, want to be in it? Sure. I got, I got, I got 20 sure. minutes. <laughs> I mean, I have to assume this is somebody's cocaine dealer. That is the only excuse for this person being this prominently featured in Michael Jackson's thriller. What's the, I, I, I got a question for you, Patrick. What is, what is sure. the better fake horror movie audience? This sure. or the audience in um, Terror in the Isles? Oh, Terror in the Isles. Um, because not only do you get various levels of audience interaction because they're being prototypical to in certain degrees, but also vaguely racist <laughs> at certain points too, which I enjoy as a white person of a certain age. I find that hilarious and I need it in my eighties comedies at all times. When are we doing terror in the aisles? We've How been, could we possibly? We've been talking about it for like years. We have. And I'm just not sure we just review the non-movie portions of Terror in the Isles. Is that I mean, it's just pe- I mean, it's kind of hard because it's just people talking. Yeah, but I guess we review what I they mean, we say, do the, we, we, whether or not those montages work, and really drill into what the fuck is going on with these movie pages. Yeah, and 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 you know why why is Nighthawks in this? Why yeah, why is tw- that is why is twenty question. minutes of this movie dedicated to Nighthawks? <laughs> Which is a perfectly. It's more the TV version. The T. I mean, yes, the movie version does have Nighthawks content. Don't get me wrong. There's Nighthawks content, including the grand finale of Nighthawks. Sylvester Stallone uh, portrays his bionic girlfriend in the kitchen. Turns around. He's got a full fucking beard and his giant 1980s hair. Underneath, barely underneath this blonde wig. Like, there's no way you could ever mistake Sylvester fucking Stallone in between Rockies for Lindsay fucking I think Wagner. The, and I think yes, the best part of that is, uh, is, is Rucker Howard. <laughs> like the only what that even comes close is yes. When <laughs> the dad discovers just, just, in a, a Thanksgiving table I, full of corpses that his ten-year-old child has killed, and, and along with the law of the turkey that he cooked, to, that he prepared and cooked. You prepared and cooked, and just a random skeleton that someone is going to interpret as him. <laughs> that he's dragged these dead bodies to a table. He, <laughs> but then he goes into a full cry session. Oh, what a motion picture, Mikey. Yeah, Man, I, uh, I wish I could watch it and talk I about just, it. I just re-listened to that episode recently, and it, it is still a delight. <laughs> it is. I mean, I, I, I really... I. The person who recommended Mikey to us, please stand up because I can't remember who it was. Maybe it's in my notes, but oh my God. If you have a movie as good as Mikey, you let us know because not only did we like it, but the numbers were great on Mikey, which I found astounding because I'd never heard of the fucking thing before we talked. Yeah, about I think it. it's, I think it's, it's coasted on a lot of, you know, you know oh, I watched this when I was a kid, nostalgia. Mm hmm. Um, so let us uh, return to the land of thriller and discuss um, Michael Jackson's popcorn habit. Now, many a gif has been made of Michael Jackson eating and popcorn. smiling, kind of like shaking his shoulders, like he's real. I, I actually really, lo- I really love this part because, like, <laughs> it's the most gen- like it's almost as if he's been denied popcorn for yeah, because he's just he's just he and is like everybody else is kind of like ooh oh ooh he's just like yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just like I felt that in my soul. Like, mm, yeah, go, go, go. I love popcorn. I exactly. love horror movies. And Ola Ray is like, I cannot stand this for one second longer. I am leaving. And she goes, and he stays and eats popcorn for another five seconds, and then goes, 
I'm going to look bad if I don't walk out with her and hands his mostly full bucket of popcorn to the lady next to him. This lucky lady gets a free refill here um, of unbuttered popcorn and she's into it. And when they emerge, uh, they come out at from the Palace Theater that's in downtown Los Angeles. Uh, many of the movie theaters that are out there include... Uh, a lot of Vincent Price. We've got the House on Haunted Hill. We've got the Mask of Red Death. We've got the 53 version of House of Wax. We've got a nice theater of blood going on. We also have some Landis films uh, pre-manslaughter. We've got Schlock, an American werewolf in London. And then one poster of pieces. Just pieces. <laughs> just sitting in the lower left-hand corner. Fucking pieces. Now, I never would have picked that out in a million goddamn years, but they res this up to fucking 4K, and you can sure as shit see yeah, it now. Who knows how often pieces seems to come up in our in our uh, in in our various episodes? Yeah. Pieces is everywhere, but I think the thing about pieces is <laughs> a it's exactly what you think it is. B um, pieces typifies the idea of a gory. Um, slasher movie without being so identified with a giant franchise you would have right. to pay for. Like, it's cheap to get a poster of pieces. The The producers of pieces would love for you to feature that poster because they need all the advertising they can get because they're not giving up a red cent. I mean, I can so, definitely picture myself sitting in a theater, you know, you know, watching watching pieces while everybody else is like, ooh, eh, like taking a handful of popcorn, <laughs> like making you know a happy little a happy little shimmy. Well, I love Bluto. I love that he picks up bloody <laughs> bloody chainsaws. Uh, I love that the guy at the end gets his crotch ripped out for no fucking reason. I, I like the I like the com, I like kung fu professors. <laughs> I love bastard. <laughs> I love every part of it. I love sex on a waterbed and getting high there. It's nothing is better. Uh, cut to exteriors of the uh, section of LA along Union Pacific Avenue. It's a bunch of warehouses out there. It's along uh, the train tracks as Union Pacific might give it away. This is where a lot of the stuff from the ports of Los Angeles and Long Beach, they come up the 710 uh, and at the time the 110 and they get delivered to the train tracks and they go everywhere else along the country from there. And so it's a real gem. Like it's you don't have to make it look abandoned at night. It's just naturally abandoned at night. Yeah, we we have a we uh, we have a couple places like that uh, over by uh, right. uh, the Gowanus Canal, where if you if you fall in the uh -huh. water, you will instantly turn into a skeleton, like at the end of House of Haunted Hill. <laughs> yeah, it's um. It's it's tailor made to be in a zombie feature. This is also the kind of the part of the town that's featured in in Return of the Living Dead. So it's just like a lot of empty joints out in that in that hood. Um, it's kind of south of the five. Um, and I think this is when we need to talk about the outfits, Gina. We need we need to discuss. There what is a lot like. of pleasure happening here. Now, who do you want to take on first? Because I think they are both iconically terrible outfits. Well, I mean, everybody of a certain age, anybody those you know younger than a certain age, can you almost immediately auto generate in their brain the outfit that Michael Jackson is wearing? Yes. Um, what I did not know until I started researching a little bit was that this was not some sort of high fashion piece, but this jacket was uh, actually created by. Uh, credible sex pest Max Landis's mom, Deborah, uh, who had a very long costume designing career, mostly her husband's movies. That said, she also costumed Raiders of the Lost Fucking Ark. So I'm telling you right now, you create Indiana Jones's look, you earned your credits. Okay? It's fine. She had a shit kid. It could happen to anybody. Um, but this is a bad jacket. Can I, it's a fucking bad jacket. There's a, there's a lot happening. There's is a, a lot happening. It, 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 I, I don't really understand the construction of it. 
like what is the point of that giant V that's pointing yeah. to his crotch of his of his tiny culottes, his red culottes. Yeah, also they're really, really overdressed for a night out the movies. Yes. Everyone else is dressed in normal clothes and they have come in fucking costume, is might what it might as well be said. I mean, that jacket is very shiny. It is insane to look at. He looks like a member of Devo who's been kicked out. And they said, you can't pick up your suitcase at the hotel. You just have to leave. (laughs) She, meanwhile. A a vision in leopard print. Blue leopard print pants and vest combo. Now, that vest is over a jean jacket. So you might think it's attached to the jean jacket. No, 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 no. It is a separate vest festooned over the jean jacket she's wearing a a red tee underneath but those pants are beyond culottes like she might as well be digging for claims in those (laughs) bad boys they are tight um the fact that she can actually stroll at any point in this those costumers must have worked overtime to make those pants as tight as they were but still allow her legs to move because she should be like fucking Barbie, like ba- barely be able. Yeah, to she trudge. she's not. She does not dance in this because she can't. Not and and, and that's not she a, a, a slight against dance. whatever you know natural talent for dancing she may have because she can't move. She she cannot move. She's not supposed to move. She was hired primarily because she had been a Playboy playmate, and she is a gorgeous human being. And I would just like to state for the record that their walk together is highly choreographed. Like in the behind the scenes, you see them choreographing her walking and his, what he, he shut his goofy shuffles along her where he's like duck walking. And you're like, what is going on here? It's all the lead up to the really big dance sequence, but you're like, is he just making this up on the fly? No, they train for days to make this shit happen. Yeah. She, and- and she's Including almost she's almost kind of walking in like a rhythm too. Yes, yes, she's definitely trying to walk in that rhythm, mostly succeeding. Every once in a while, stopping for a gang, like when Michael goes, you hear the door slam, slam, and he does this like door slam movement, and she flinches, like, "Don't hit me!" And that. Did you think Michael Jackson was about to hit you? Like, is that what I am supposed to think? Or she's scared by the door slam sound effect that only she is hearing. <laughs> he generated from the air. Right. Yes. Because of the music track. Um, just very odd. Uh, I would like everyone else to keep in mind that this was choreographed by Michael Peters. Um, now, uh, Peters... Uh, was an accomplished dancer um, on the Broadway and ballet stage. He became a choreographer. You might recognize him as the black gang leader of a white gang and beat it. Or the pimp who just can't keep control of Pat Benatar in Love is a Battlefield, both the videos he choreographed. Um, Yes, he made Pat Benatar dance and dance well. That's how good he fucking was. He uh, won a Tony... Uh, for the uh, choreography of Dreamgirls on Broadway um, and was once called the Balanchine of MTV. And uh, unfortunately, he died of AIDS-related illness in 1994 because we can't have nice things. Yeah, no, I mean, he, he would be like much. in his 70s now, presumably still dancing. Uh, the world would be so much better if he were still around. It fucking sucks that he's gone. But at the very least, we we have this to look at. Now, at a certain point after the initial um, two sections of the song, um, they walk by a graveyard set, um, which is filled inside of a soundstage. Rick Baker is the main designer behind many of uh, these designs, the werewolf, werecat, and also the zombies. And... His zombies are decidedly different from your Romero zombie for the most part. Um, he's really leaning into the tombs of the blind dead style of zombie here. A lot of protruding skulls. Uh, the zombies that crawl out of the graves are mostly uh, Rick Baker's crew because all of them had life casts already made. 
They all knew the drill of putting on elaborate makeup and none of them were going to dance. So all of these out of the grave zombies are basically Rick Baker's dudes. Do you, do you have a, do you have a, do you have a favorite? Do you have a favorite? I mean, the skeleton that, that uh, pushes back the, the lid of his, his crypt in the ground and, and stands up out of the, the fog. That's, what is going on inside his grave? There's that much fog. I mean, they bur- they, bur- they buried him with his, with his favorite fog machine, clearly. You know, he, he was, he was, you know, he was, a, he was, you know, a roadie for Led Zeppelin. Yes. <laughs> Things went poorly. He, 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 he choked to death on his own vomit after a wild night of partying. And the thing is, you, the police told us better to just leave it alone because you yeah, can't just don't, we, do, we don't talk about it. We do, you don't want to know the answer. The thing is you can't dust for vomit. <laughs> that, that's, that's the problem there. Um, and then you have the different section of zombies of your dance zombies. And they're using a lot of pre-made zombie appliances that they stick on them because obviously you can't have a bunch of skeleton stuff on those dudes because they're dancing full on. Now I have a favorite amongst the dance zombies. Do you? Um, I do like the guy that looks like he doesn't have a head and then like, and then he like sure. his head appears. The, he does this cool little thing. And then yes, uh, but for like mm-hmm. the 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 non dancing zombies, the, the two that I, I have two that I like the best. I like the guy whose arm falls off because that would be me. <laughs> sure. And yeah. I I like, but also used to be freaked out by when I was a kid. The guy that opens his mouth and like some kind of like black glop like 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 oh, like, the black glop, like, guy. like yeah, comes black out of it. Great. Yeah. My favorite is Blue Tor Johnson. I love Blue Tor Johnson. <laughs> yeah, Blue Tor uh, is like gets right up in that camera with Michael Jackson at the end too. Like when it looks yes. like they're gonna they're gonna like eat her up. Blue Tor is definitely a on camera hero dancer. <laughs> like in the in the in the triangle formation, he's way in the back. But then when the attack sequences are happen, he's way up front and. He's got a giant belly and he's made up to look like Tor Johnson in full time for to go to bed action. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, <laughs> y'all's neighborhood. Once again, fucking perfect. Uh, and then the question I have to ask you, Gina, is did all these zombies die heading to the same party? I, I mean, I wonder if like, there was like a, you know, a gas leak or something. Yeah, they look like they died in a bus accident on the way back from a church function because a lot of them have on church hats. Yeah, yeah. A lot of ladies have church hats. There's, you know, a lot of them look like, um, what's her face uh, from Sanford and Son, the the Ann Esther. They all they literally turn around and start hitting hitting each other with purses. (laughs) Oh my God, Gina, you're (laughs) out. I love doing this podcast. You're fucking amazing. God, I suck compared. Oh, no. um, uh, it's perfect. Is they are a legion of Aunt Esther's, and then the guys are just like, listen, my the wife told me I had to wear a suit to this. And um, I mean, I guess you're supposed. Just, I guess you're just supposed to assume that that's what they were buried in. Although I don't. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't like. I don't really know. If people are buried with hats. That that, that seems like a uh, an odd choice, but that seems like a very specific choice that I'm not too keen to, uh, but yes, because it, it just, it says to me, you're, you're attending, uh, uh, <laughs> you're, you're ter- uh, attending a very Baptist church um, in the inner city or your aunt Esther. And uh, I just don't, I'm, I can't imagine a lot of people buried that way, but then again, maybe I should be, but I don't know. Have I considered, you know, maybe cremation smile on my face? Um, I, I do wonder if they were upsold on their coffins by, uh, heaven's gate employees <laughs> or, uh, the, uh, uh, um, the, the mortuary owner and mortuary. Yes, exactly. Um, so they dance at Ola Ray and she moves nowhere for that entire dance sequence. Michael Jackson transforms into and out of being a zombie. He looks a little, he's a little and, fresher zombie than, than, than yes. everybody else. He just also kind of, he was just kind of like withered. He's, he's not, act, he's he not, does, he's not actively like, like, uh, uh, um, 
uh, uh, you know, rotting. No, he goes green. He's kind of like a Hulk skull, like a red skull, but green um, by the looks of it. Uh, and they go for a very hollowed out look for him. Uh, but at, at a certain point, after all the dancing and, and micro pelvic movements are done, the one that I just don't get is the micro pelvic movement where they've got their arms out to either side and they just wiggle their hips back and forth to the beat of the, because that's very hard to do. And I'm not entirely sure what that's supposed to communicate because if it's, I want to fuck you to death, it, the, the, those hip movements are very unpredictable and too small. <laughs> yeah the thing about the watching the 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 dancers in the thriller is is this looks really cool and mm -hmm. it would look completely stupid if anybody else tried to do it yes yes absolutely it's very of its time and only michael jackson can pull right and off. everybody tried to do it like yes, including prisoners <laughs> uh if you go back in youtube history and learn about the early viral videos of YouTube. Um, foreign prisoners would do this as their exercise. And then they filmed it and everyone watched it like, yay, they're still in prison, everyone. They're still in prison. Because apparently learning how to learning how to do the thriller dance does not knock anything off your sentence. No, no, it does not. It doesn't earn you extra mashed potatoes or anything like that. Um, so then we have this little micro night of the living dead movement where Olaray goes to an abandoned home, hides in some sort of den and Michael and the other zombies break through all the various doors, windows and floors to attack her. And then she wakes up and what I assume is Michael Jackson's place is so like she went back. It, it does kind of look like it looks like a granny house pink. though. Like there's like, yes. there's like pink right. floral wallpaper. Well, Michael Jackson is still living with his parents, both in this movie and reality. He's not he's not living on his own quite yet. He earns the money to buy Neverland from this album and specifically the sell-through sales of this music video. Doilies on everything is appropriate for him. Um, and he's like, hey, wake up. I'll walk you home. And then he turns around at the camera. And one of the most famous shots of this very famous music video. And he's got cat eyes, but one of one of them is at midnight. And the other one is at two. Yeah, it kind of looks like he hurriedly put those contacts in. Apparently they fucking sucked. They were those whole eye things you could only have in your 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 head for 15 minutes. Yeah, I think I, if I am not mistaken, if not him, then certainly a lot of, you know, universally people talk about how ridiculously painful those things are, which, yeah, which, really which suck. sucks because I always wanted a pair. Even, even, right. even when I wore, even though I wear glasses, I always thought yeah. like, Oh man, it'd be so cool to have a pair of scary contacts. And it's like, no, it feels and then like, was like, no, it feels like you, know, you have knives in your eyes. You, you, <laughs> you cannot get them out enough. And I'm like, damn. Yeah. In the behind the scenes, they, they show them putting them in and there's like a fucking suction cup attached to it. Yeah, because they have to. And there's they, three guys trying to manipulate it. Yeah, because they, they have eyeball. to put it in and then they have to get it straight. So you don't, you know, you know, look like that old, who's that old Western actor? Uh, Jack Elam, <laughs> Jack I think. Elam? Yeah. Yeah. When are we doing Cannonball Run? Like, Isn't that a horror movie? Sure. <laughs> Hey patrons, make us do make us do cannonball run. Make us do cannonball run. We will talk about it. Oh my god, I could talk forever about cannonball run. The notes that I would have on that motion picture. But yeah, I love I love his his off center cat eyes here at the end, and it's just like director John. I, I was not convicted of manslaughter, <laughs> but everyone kind of knows I did it. Like, yeah, it's like a full, like full credits for for, for, yes, for this music video. It's amazing. When did you first see it? Oh God! I mean, I I had MTV from the beginning, so mm -hmm. I'm sure I must have seen it you know, right right from Jump Street. Yeah, I definitely saw it during the 24 hours of Thriller, where all they did was just show. The music video and the making right, 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 back, 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 back. Yeah, like I didn't, I didn't watch the behind the scenes and preparation for this, but I do remember seeing it. The one 
I've talked about a couple of the weirder components of it, including what I haven't talked about is John Landis picking Michael Jackson up at one point, And you're like, that's fucking weird. But also John Landis, who was not a hefty dude, is able to just hoist Michael Jackson like he's not even a potato sink. Like he's just a twig, <laughs> puts him over his shoulder in a fireman carry in one fell swoop. Um, a little infantilizing, but okay. Um, I mean, there is a I, one thing I do recall, and and we we briefly talked about this before we started recording is uh, the scene where Michael Jackson is practicing the the transformation, yeah. and all I have to say is thank God they looped in that audio. American Werewolf. Yeah. It is no, mm, no. you don't want onset sound. You, you don't sound like you you're turning into a, a werewolf, Michael. You yeah. sound like someone is squeezing your balls. Um, which is hard to do in the pants that he wears in this music. I mean, they're getting squeezed enough on their own. Yeah, like what damage is someone else going to do? We don't. You don't need Moochie from John Carpenter's Christine for that bad boy. Um, and the other part is they talk to a lot of fans who are just in the watching the filming from a distance. And there's this one gal who's there's like i came with my mom her mom is standing right next to her we came from van nuys and the person behind the camera is like how did you get how did you get from the barricades to up here and the blonde goes it was a process and i think oh 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 no oh boy was there was there some sort of like favors exchange here i yeah, I just don't know who on this set you could you could approach to get from behind the barricades to get a signed picture of Michael Jackson, and you describe that process as quote unquote a process. Um, that gave me shivers down my spine. Um, Mom seems to look like I do this all the time. No is unfazed by that 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 description of what it took to get from point A to point B uh, where they're interviewed. Um, yeah, um, I I kind of love Michael Jackson's thriller. It is and, you know, it, remarkably it, 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 fun it, it, and stupid. It, it, it absolutely touches all the nostalgia, like like real nostalgia, not like, you know, oh, I, I'm you know, convincing myself that this is, I'm trying to convince myself that this is better than it actually was. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, the proof of the pudding is that, like, my my sister texted me the other week to tell me that she had been playing it in the car, and my five year old niece says, "Oh, this is the one. This is the song where the guy turns into the zombie." And so yeah. apparently, like one of her little friends, you know, in twenty twenty three, showed her Thriller. <laughs> right, it's like yeah. so, you know, the the, the the literal kids today, not just like Gen Z, know about this. That that's the yeah. that's the you know the 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 hold it still has over over pop culture. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Um, I do dig it. I just think it's an incredible statement piece. You know, we, we play it in our house every Halloween. It's part of the part yeah. of the tradition. It kind of like you know, sets the whole festivities off. You know, it's just it's a it's a great song. It's it's a remarkable video that you know, a thirteen minute long video, which is something you never saw again. As 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 successful as this was. No other artist ever did anything quite like it. Like you had, no. you had, and you had event videos, um, but nothing on the scale of this. Right. And even when Jackson tried again, and he tried with various directors to various effect. Like, I don't feel like bad, even though it's Scorsese achieves what this does. I, um, this is, this is pretty special. I think you can only come up with it at one point in your career and it, it, it's incredible. Well, um, I think, I think it still, exists. I think what makes it really work is that he seems really joyful doing it. Yeah. And, you know, considering how things worked out for him, you know, it, it is nice. It is, it is nice to see a point in his career where he was still loving what he was doing. And, yeah. you know, I think, I think the horror angle was definitely something personal to him because he had this very, without getting into other stuff, a very childlike enjoyment of cartoons and old horror movies and things like that. So I think this, you know, rung a lot of happiness bells for him as it were. Yeah. 
in a life that probably didn't hold a ton no. of happiness. And, and again, I'm not, and, we're not here to, yeah. to litigate what he may or may not have done. I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm looking strictly at how the impression he gives in this video. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because that, that's a whole other can of worms. And um, uh, unlike John Landis, I don't feel like I have the authority to say, although I believe victims when they come forward. So I believe victims. Uh, so we will say that. Um, but I think what a, what a wonderful way to talk about the what a wonderful way to end. Well, I mean, we can't, we can't, you know, not at least, you know, acknowledge it and yeah. acknowledge that to, to watch it now, there's, there's, a, there's, you know, it's tinged with bittersweetness, you know, not, yeah. not, not just because, you know, we're not kids anymore when this first, like when this first came out, but also because of, you know, the trajectory of his, of his career, of his life and career. Yeah. Um, I think that just about does it. Um, you know, Josh Hollis does all of our artwork and uh, go to Revenge Body Memphis at Bandcamp.com for this theme and all the remixes. Gina, where can people find you on these here internet? I write about movies and television at spool.net. I have a substack, Gina watches things.substack.com, and I am on Blue Sky and TikTok and Instagram under Gina Does Things. Uh, do it today, people. Check it out. Um, you know us on all the socials. Uh, rate and review us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. We'd enjoy that. We always love it when that happens. And uh, join us on Patreon where we're doing fun stuff like talking over Friday the 13th movies. And we have Chat by Chat where we talk about Halloween stuff and what costumes we used to wear, what candy we enjoy. And, of course, we cover bonus episodes like this month, we talked about Hulu's No One Will Save You, which is thumbs up good from both of us. It's Kill by Kill approved. That's not a spoiler because that came out days ago. Okay. And it's just verifying. All right. That just about does it. Happy Halloween, everyone. Um, <laughs> this is also our season four finale, everyone. Season four Closing the door. shall be done. Never doing another one of these. Goodbye, everyone. It's been a great run. <laughs> That's it. It's the it's the series finale it, of Kill by Kill. Now, wait a second. I'm sorry. Something is banging on the cellar floor and telling us we will be dead by dawn if we don't continue. I guess there's season five. Shall we tell everyone what we're doing for season five? Gina? Sure. Um, first up, our first franchise will be the one and the only. Evil Dead. Yes. I'm so excited. It's going to be great. We're going to talk the Sam Raimi trilogy. We're going to talk the two sequel requels that go along with it. There is no bad. No, they go all, all solid gold bangers. Just the best from top to bottom. And every type of movie is an Evil Dead movie. And we're going to get into it in gross detail every eye pop every hand chop and every cheese grater to the leg will be discussed in terrible detail um as only kill by kill can do but you know what there are only five movies in the evil dead franchise if we left it there it feels slightly incomplete seems like there's a monster out there that we haven't covered that gives a, uh, us a lot of freedom to move about and talk about all sorts of different versions of it. And it's one that's close to your heart, Gina. Yes. Um, uh, we, we are doing vampires. Vampires. You have vampires. Your Draculas. Draculas. Um, castles thereof. Uh, we're going anything that's fanged and wants to suck your blood, doesn't drink wine, and here's children of the night. We're doing we're doing um, we're doing we're every we're, we're, we're doing every vampire ever made. We'll be making four hundred and fifty thousand more episodes of this. We'll be we'll be recording from the nursing home. Yes. Um and we're gonna make selections. All right. We're not gonna cover every vampire movie, but we're gonna cover some of the very best and some of the very worst. <laughs> we're gonna we're going to try to hit some of the the vampire movies that we've always wanted to talk about, but felt we weren't quite there yet. Things like The Lost Boys will eventually come up um, that both Gene and I loved. And of course, uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, which uh, is one of Gene's favorites on the face of the planet. Yes. Um, and so we're going to be all over the map. We're, we're not just going to do 80s vampires. 
we're going to try to cover a wide diaspora of vampire movies along the way. Just dot them in here and there. Um, yeah, call, yeah and... call the season Ash V Vamps. <laughs> Ash V Vamps. Perfecto. Um, I don't even know why I'm in marketing. I should just let you take it over uh, <laughs> because that is what we shall call it. Ash versus Vamps. Uh, and that just about does it for now. So we'll see you next time when we talk The Evil Dead, the original film. Um, and uh, we're going to break it all down for you and looking forward to it. For myself and for Gina, the body count will continue. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.